Hey guys, it's Dr. Melina. Welcome to Practically Healthy by Dr. Melina. I am super psyched about my guest today. She is one of my idols in life that I have had the privilege to meet and become friends with. And uh, I'm not even going to waste any time. We have so much to talk about today. Today, Olympic, world medalist, whatever, brand, <laughs> soccer player, I love it. it's it, whatever. It need world, need you know, who needs titles? I yeah. mean, uh, soccer player. I used to play soccer for those of you not quite on Brandy's level because of an injury. Although she's had twice as many injuries, seven times as many injuries. But we're gonna jump right in because we have so much to talk about. And and Brandy is, you know, I think there's so many things that we can discuss. But you know, I want to talk a little bit just because. We are supposed to talk a little bit about nutrition and fitness. So yep. I want to go back to like your like your playing days, because I'm, I'm just curious, you know, a lot of sports really don't take nutrition as seriously as I think they could in terms of, you know, really being able to make a profound impact on performance. So take me back to what year was it? World Cup? Uh, well, I'm going to take, if you don't mind, I'll take you back a little bit farther only because... Growing up, I'm a late 60s birth date, which means that I'm a pre, I'm a Title IX baby. And, you know, women and girls in sports were really not encouraged. So if we're talking about nutrition, I mean, that was like so not even in the conversation. So I spent a good half of my career, youth, college, and then into my early national team career, no one ever spoke about nutrition. So... When I got to college, it was the first time I saw adult women that were eating and using food differently than I was. And it it struck a chord, and I was thinking, what is this all about? And even with the national team at, in the early, late 80s, early 90s, into the 90s, we, re, we really didn't talk about it. Of course, I think people talked about balance, you know, healthy whole foods versus processed things, or I'm... I'm a, I will admit, I do love my ice cream. And mm. that's that's something that I've found very difficult to give up. But you don't have to, I mean, that's a big part of like what this show is all about. It's practically healthy. Yeah. None of us need to be perfect as long as you do more of the right things. For me, it's chocolate chip cookies. But so, so you were learning about... Um, what I tell my kids, like I, I coach you soccer and I coach, you know, I, I coach soccer. And my mantra to them is, you're a Ferrari. If you put the wrong gas into the Ferrari, the Ferrari's not going to perform at its potential. And that, that Ferrari has a lot of potential. Right. And you will notice the difference when you put the right fuel into the Ferrari. So that's, that all of a sudden kind of stirs up this like, oh, I, one, I'm in control of what I choose. Right. And two, food can be my superpower. And that's been real a real revelation for myself and for a lot of the younger athletes that I work with. I think that's such a cool thing because I actually, it's funny because, you know, I see patients on a regular basis, you know, struggling with weight and health. And I really try to, because for, for many people that's, that are, you know, struggling with their weight, like food becomes an enemy. Mm -hmm. And I really have them try to reframe it that And I use that word all the time, which is so cool that you use it. I'm like, 
food is fuel. Like I want you to think like an athlete. I mean, like what you put in your body is going to affect how you think in that morning meeting, your energy level, whether you do that afternoon slump. So I love that, you know, I love that analogy. I think, you know, I, I try to, and everybody, you know, people who aren't athletic, they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm not talking about the performance aspect on the playing field. I'm talking about in life. Cause, yeah. and I think it's so cool. So, so like what kind of stuff, I mean, you know, when you, you were on the road all the time with the, with the women's team, when you guys were competing all over the world, I mean, that must've been challenging. So what did you do? Well, it was challenging because you know, you only got one thing. It was a it was a buffet, and you had to choose between the chicken and maybe a piece of beef, and you know potatoes or a pasta, and then you know the generic green salad that would be out. And so, the, I wouldn't say the choices were tremendous, but you know I think gradually as the years progress, we got better at recognizing. When do we eat? How much do we eat? In what balance do we eat? But I think also, I think it's really important to share with your listeners that even athletes struggle with decisions about food and how much. And, and, and it's, it's, not, it's not just you. I think that's really important because even me now in my 50s, I'm thinking I, I'm an athletic person. I have a, a knee situation that doesn't allow me to be as athletic. So I'm not feeling my normal self. So I too also have to look at food and say, okay, how can I use this? Is this going to help me or is this going to hurt me? And sometimes I get to choose maybe the not great thing, but then I also get to choose the good thing. So with the national team, it's, it's difficult because you don't, you're not in control of the menu. Right. What you hope is that the staff is doing, and again, now staffs have changed. It, well, it's right. not just the coach, the assistant coach, uh, the goalkeeper coach, and the director of operations. Now it's the nutritionist. Right. It's the uh, strength and conditioning. They've got a collaborative team now that work together, and I think it's much more of a priority. And like you said, it's really one of the absolute functions that needs to be happening in sports because we now we have too much information. Right to ignore it. Oh yeah. Uh, but I mean, there's a lot of bad information out there too, but it, it, one thing that popped into my head as you were saying that is, you know, and, and this is a whole, probably a whole nother podcast, but I'm sure that all the men's teams and all the male athletes have a much more, like they probably have, I know a lot of the pro teams have chefs or meal services mm -hmm. like the, at the upper echelon. So it's kind of, but I think, you know, at an individual level, it's harder. But one of the things I wanted to jump in on too is, you know, the idea, especially as we age, because me too, I'm 51 years old and, you know, I'm an athletic person, not Quite at your level, although I, I wish I could know. Maybe in ski racing, you are. I could probably, I could, I could you probably could take, take you on this ski slope. Uh, I'm gonna let you do. That. Oh, oh, geez, wow, <laughs> that's that's awesome. But you would beat me anyway. Yeah, but right. I'm giving it to well, you. I appreciate that. I First appreciate place. throwing me a bone. But you know, I mean, women. That's another thing. Like, I think a lot of athletes like really struggle with their weight after competing because yeah. they're used to playing for seven hours a day being on the road. So you've got that, the, the kind of drop off after being a professional athlete, but also, you know, perimenopause is, is rough. I, I mean, I, you know, I just, I know things change and I understand them medically, but you know, as somebody who's 
abs are quite famous. <laughs> how's that? How's that been for you? How, where are we with the uh, with the Brandy Chastain abs? Well, Brandy Chastain is not ripping her shirt off anywhere. That's for darn sure. Um, no, I think what you're saying is absolutely spot on. But I think the component about that is more the mental side of things because. When you're active, you're younger and you're active and you're in a, an environment where you're not really in control of how many times are you on the field mm-hmm. and what the workouts are. You, you're you're doing your job. You, you wake up in the morning, you get the schedule, you know it's time to be on the bus at 10 and you're at track at practice from 10.30 to 12.30 and then you're in the weight room in the afternoon, whatever. But, you know, now when you're outside of that, you're making those decisions and it's really easy and I again this is for all of us this is not just um, the athletes out there it's making the choice for your to choose you right choose you to for that 30 minutes or the 15 minutes in multiple pockets during the day whatever it is and I what I found is that when I'm moving and I'm feeling healthy in movement my food and my nutrition follow yeah and and so that's a direct correlation, I believe. Yeah. Because when you're moving a lot, you need that good fuel. And you want, right, you want to you, fuel your body. Yeah. But another thing, too, I mean, I, I think you bring up a great point. Where, uh, we'll just keep telling each other that we bring up great <laughs> points here. But, no, I mean, because you're a mom, too. Right. So, I mean, I think, you know, you're a mom, you're an athlete, you're working, you're, you know, a role model for a lot of people. You have a lot of obligations. And, and to carve out time, yeah. you know, it, is not easy. I mean, you know, for me, yesterday... I, it just wasn't going to happen. I wanted to do a spinning workout, but it just wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm going to walk 10 minutes between patients three times because I got to do it. Yeah. But, I, but I think, you know, we have a different probably mindset. I, I do. There are some people that just don't like exercise. And I think that's a different thing. Yeah. But I, I do think, you know, the fueling your body. And I also love, you know, kind of that, you know, you're not perfect, you know, and, and I think that's what too many people, we live in a culture where, you know, especially with the rise of social media, kind of Dr. Google type of experts where people don't think they're going to be healthy unless they cut sugar and wine and coffee and dairy and gluten and soy. And it's, and then there's nothing left to eat. And yeah, sure. You're probably, they may be healthier than me, but not mentally healthier. They're not having as much fun as I am. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that that balance yeah. is is really important. But, you know, let's talk a little. You know, there's so many things that we can talk about with athletes. I think, you know, some of the more timely topics, I think, you know, and this kind of ties into what you said, like the mental health yeah. thing. I You and I have talked a little bit, you know, offline about, you know, everything that happened with, Simone Biles at the Olympics and Naomi Osaka with being very open about her struggle. What what's been your experience and and what do you think about that? Because I've I've had I had mixed feelings and I think I shared those with you that you know on some level this is your job as as an athlete to go and perform, but the mental health component of it I think cannot be you know overstated enough that. And so I applaud them in some ways, but, you know, it, it's hard. It's a tough thing because, you know, you're at, on, you know, you're at center stage. If you had gone up and decided you just weren't, your head wasn't in the game to make that penalty shot or, you know, mm-hmm. like, so what, what's your take on it? I, I think first and foremost, I, the place I come from is we're all humans and humans are uh, emotional, um, 
characters. And I think mental health is unpredictable. And being in sports and being in a team sport and in a game that you have a, a game plan, but that's just kind of a, a structure, right? So I would say to everybody, have a structure, but know that within that structure, there needs to be flexibility and movement and agility because some days we're going to wake up and feel our best. And we're like, I can take on the world. Nobody's going to bother me. Not anybody making any statement. Uh, my kid's not picking up their toys or, you know, somebody giving me a phone call about something didn't come through for them. You know, whatever it is, I can handle all that. And sometimes I'm going to wake up and I'll be like, it's, there's so much going on. I'm carrying a lot of weight and the expectations or my own, I mean, nobody's expectations are bigger than your own. Mm. Let's be honest. Yeah. And I think we have to be kinder to ourselves. We have to be more uh, acceptable of the fact that we're not going to be perfect. Right. And so I think that, that those are two really important things. And I look at Simone and I look at Naomi and they were carrying a lot of weight. Yeah. And those environments are, you know, it's Naomi a little different because there's tournament after tournament after tournament. Simone, you think about every four years and then the Olympics got pushed back one year and you're thinking, wow, like even that then surviving through COVID, um, you know, when I say surviving, I mean, you know, handling the ne necessary amount of time now that you're going to have to train right. and extend your career beyond what you thought, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And so. she was our as also, you know, at the center of everything. I mean, from a media standpoint, well, you have she to be had, careful, right? Right. You and, have to be careful. What do you want? Right. And why do you want it? And how can you, what do you control? Those are all factors that can easily get set into motion. And now all of a sudden you can't, you can't, grasp them anymore and they're running down the hill yeah and so yeah i think it was too much i think she would have benefited probably from stepping back a little bit from the limelight well, we have a chance to do it we can, we're we're armchair quarterbacks right now right we're no all, right we're, right we're monday right, night right, you know right. we're watching from monday night right no i'm not i'm not criticizing her no, right I, 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 and not. i'm saying and the fact that she came back and and you know got that and and you know did, pulled through it, like overcame. I mean, that to me is the ultimate in resilience. And I have so much admiration for her for doing that, for, for coming back and, and she's a compet. I mean, she's a warrior. She's, I, mean, I want know. to see her compete because yeah. I love to watch her compete. Yeah. I think yeah. what she does is beautiful and powerful and amazing. It's, it literally defies physics. Like yeah. how could a human being do that? But then on the same so I, I think she gets she gets a medal because she was willing to say, you know what, I'm I'm not feeling my best. Yeah, it, it, this this is in her sport, you could really get hurt. Right, if you don't commit fully to the to whatever the flips and the twists and the turns that you're doing, and nobody but those people who have put on a leotard <laughs> in gymnastics can debate that. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Say like. Just do it. Well, but it's it, not that easy. It's interesting, you know, but I, I think the pressure now is probably greater than when you were at your heyday because of social media, because it's like 24-7 yeah. news cycle headlines. But let's segue into that because I remember actually we had a we had a funny 
conversation after the uh, Kelly Clarkson show when I picked you up mm-hmm. and I was talking about some minor trivial in retrospect incident that had happened to me on Twitter and I was like Brandy you don't understand what it's like to have all this backlash and you're like are you crazy? When I like, ripped off my shirt at the, uh, like you had a lot of backlash. Talk a little bit about that. Cause there's, there's like, yeah. what, what, like, I'm sure you've talked about it a million times, but whatever, talk about it for no, our no. listeners. Like, what, what were you thinking? You ripped off your shirt. I mean, that was like 1999, man. Women weren't, <laughs> weren't doing that. No, but thank goodness I wasn't thinking. I think that that's part of <laughs> why I feel that one, it was received mostly 99.9% of the people were, like what an amazing moment, a, a great sports event, but a celebration that was genuine and spontaneous. And, and it, to me, it actually, as the years go by, it has a different meaning. Mm. You know, I can look at it from a different frame of reference. And, you know, what I love about sports is you get to build up some armor, Right? You build up your own armor of protecting yourself. You have, you have to be able to be coachable. You have to have grit. You have to be determined. You have to be a leader. You have to be a follower. You have to be uh, a cheerleader. And some days are going to be your greatest day, and other days are going to be like, I need help. And so I think, to your point about you know the, the external pressure that we all feel in some way you know, with social media, we're in control. Like I say to my players, I say to my son, I say, listen, nobody can make you feel any way about yourself. That's you. You. That's your choice. You want to feel great about yourself? Feel great about yourself. Treat yourself nicely. Care for yourself. Other people's words, other people's actions don't belong to you. Yeah. You can be very susceptible right. and, and vulnerable. Right. But only you get to decide. Yeah, that and it's not easy. It, I was gonna say that it's easier said than done. It's and a lot I of think practice for girls. That's especially. But, here, but here's I'm I'm I want to pound your table, but I don't want to break it. Okay, yeah, please don't. Glass. Yeah, no, it's not actually. But it's here's a cheap what table. I want to say. <laughs> this is what I want to say to girls and women. Honestly, we are not weak. Mm. We are powerful, and we are in, we are intelligent, and we can do anything. And if you if you're saying to yourself, but they no, you get to decide. And if you come from the place like I was never bothered by what other people said. I'm just playing. Just yeah. let me play. I could care less. Does that mean I don't care? No. But I don't really fall victim to what other people think. Do I want everybody to like me? I'm raising my hand. Yes, I do. I'm a people person. And I want to please. Right. But when it comes down to giving my effort and putting myself out there, only I can be my self-evaluator. Right. That's it. Well, I think one of the most, I think um, you bring up a couple important points. I think for, especially for women, because I feel the same way. And, you know, I was really lucky. I mean, like my parents raised me to believe that anything was possible. Like they're just, I, I wasn't like, treated like a girl, like coddled. And, but I think part of that is, is being an athlete because that is empowering in and of itself, using your body to perform, to achieve a goal. You know, I I think that's empowering, but I, I still think, I still think 
you know, and this is, this is a struggle that I face, not as an athlete, obviously, but as a, as a doctor and whatever I'm doing is, is what you say, yes, we're strong, we're fierce, we can do anything, but I still think strong women in society are viewed differently. It, it is still not fully accepted. I think a strong woman is much more likely to be, you know, considered aggressive or, or maybe Great. a bitch. Awesome. Whereas a strong man is assertive. And, and you're right. It's changing, you're but right. not fast enough. I think culture, culturally speaking, that's true. But you, I, I, get to, I get to write my own narrative yeah. every day. Whoever it is I'm going to meet today, you and I are going to go to some fun event. And whoever we get to meet... We get to decide the person that we present. Yeah. And we get to own that. And so for me, to any young person out there, male or female, because right now I think boys are kind of starting to go through what I think young girls have been going through for decades. It's this self-doubt, this I don't matter, uh, uh, nobody sees me. It's not true. It's not true. You belong. You're important. Your voice is critical. But you have to believe it. Yeah. And so how do we build self-confidence? And I honestly, I think it starts with taking care of ourselves and, yeah. and believing that small little details matter. Yeah, small well, things add up. Small they do, things for add sure. Up. So if, what are my choices? I'm going to choose something that's going to empower me or am I going to choose something that's going to bring me down? Right. No, but it also, yeah, it doesn't need to be so black and white though, because again, I don't want people to think that they need to be a couple things. First of all, I think it's not just not young always. girls. No, but I think it's not just young girls. I think my, one of the things I want 50 year old women to feel empowered. Maybe they've never, maybe they've never been an athlete or they're not a doctor. So they don't have that. But I, I want, I think it's never too late to like tap into that, you know, Absolutely. power that we have and to, you know, like reinvent yourself or for me, I think self-care is critical. I think that's great that you should probably be hosting the podcast because I'm supposed to be talking about health and I'm just like, but, but I all, for me, it's always been, and this is where I do, you and I both do a lot of mentoring of young girls. For me, knowledge is power. Like I want to walk into a room, even this day and age, I over prepare for every single thing that I do that has, you know, an intellectual component because, and, and I never stop learning for me at 51 years old. Like it's the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. So I think feeling good about yourself, making healthier choices most of the time, moving your body, brain health, physical health, just for self-esteem, you know, just, and, and again, this is a whole nother topic too, with body image and female sports. And I want to get to that because I think that's a big one for me. I, 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 you know, but anyways, we, we, maybe we could just segue into that because I will tell you, and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, in this podcast, I I promise to be like honest with people. Right. And, and so I've been playing soccer since I was young, which is why you've always been an idol of mine. Um, but, and you know, I have soccer player legs. I still do. You know, I am never going to have like skinny bird legs that, you know, to look really cute in those skinny jeans. And I got to say, there's times where it, it like frustrates me and Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of like the Williams sisters, it's a new paradigm for strength and power, but then, you know, this balancing act. So, you know, what, what, what have you, what are you seeing as far as body image and women's sports? And, and what do you think about that? What can we, what can we do? Well, number one is we're all athletes. 
because we have a body and we move. So we're all athletes to some degree. So don't count yourself out, number one, if, if you don't consider yourself an athlete because you are and you can be. Uh, I, I, what I love right now is we're seeing now all shapes and sizes, heights and uh, weights and body types. And it, it's such an, incl- I, th- I feel right now it, it's a more inclusive time than it's ever been. Um, I actually did my thesis on body image um, covers of magazines talking about how it's influencing an age set from it was like 18 to 23. And sure enough, as you can imagine, bef- this is predates social media and, <laughs> and it feels Back like in the it, internet. Yes. It, yeah. um, you know, on the line, ma- were you on the line magazines, <laughs> magazines were creating negative body image because not everybody looked like that. Now I think images we're seeing are much more progressive. They're much more across the board. Everybody is fitting in. I think we all have our biases. I think we all have a little bit of judgment when you see something and you're like, ooh, that doesn't feel right or that doesn't look right. Or Again, we're human. Um, but what I love right now is that uh, fashion, has, uh, fashion has progressed to accepting more people than excluding more people. So that's been good. I think yeah. that's a really great change in, in culture. I, I think sports has also embraced the power of women. Yeah. And when I say the power, that comes in a physical body, that comes in a mental uh, attitude. So that's becoming more prevalent that we see these people who are vulnerable or who overcome obstacles and, and, you know, get to the finish line. And, and so there's many, many more uh, positive examples than we've ever had before available to us, which as a, you keep saying your age and I'm going to say something, I'm going to trump that because I have two granddaughters and I want them to know that they're, they're perfectly imperfect. Yeah. That's, the beauty of the human condition and I think of the world. Diversity is absolutely necessary. It's the it's the chocolate and it's the nuts and it's the <laughs> all the things you throw on top of your ice cream. That's oh my god, back to ice cream, back to ice cream. Okay. Because I think about it constantly. Um but you know I think it's all necessary. Right. We have to have we have to have that diversity for life to be interesting and to be fun and challenging. Yeah. No, I think it's cool. I think there's so many things we could talk about. Let's talk a little bit about what you're up to um, in life in general. And especially, I think, in the philanthropy, um, you know, for me, giving back is really the most, what I can do the most. I said, you know, I, I, I'm going to pretend like I'm way smarter and more literary than I actually am. But one of my favorite quotes, Gandhi said, to truly find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. And so for me, like in my journey of, of feeling good about myself and growth and, and, and I feel like sometimes you have to step outside of yourself to really get perspective in. So Mm -hmm. I know the charity stuff is a really important part of what you do. Talk a little bit about, about that. Cause I think, you know, I want everybody to know all the cool stuff you're still doing in life. Well, thank you. Um, you know, in 20, let's see, no, 2001, we started the first ever professional women's league, uh, the WUSA. And we in only, 2001? Yeah. We, wow. only, we only lasted three years. And 
when we were closing our doors, it was really disappointing, as you can imagine, on so many different levels. On a prof- on a professional, personal level, it was disappointing as a player. It was uh, disappointing as a, a fan of the game. Uh, it was disappointing as thinking about the young girls who wouldn't have have an opportunity to come to a stadium to see people that represented themselves and for them to now aspire to being a player, a coach, a manager, a doctor, a trainer, whatever it is that they would see themselves doing. Uh, But out of something bad came something really great, which I always feel and believe there is a silver lining. Right. If you Uh, stick with it. Yeah. We started a nonprofit um, myself, Julie Foudy, uh, our, my manager from the Bay Area Cyber Rays, Marlene Bjornsrud, and we started the Bay Area Women's Sports Initiative, which the acronym for that is B-A-W-S-I. So if you're online one day, check it out, .org. And we are bossy girls. <laughs> and so that someone said, oh, you're going to be bossy girls. And Marlene was like, what are you talking about? They said the acronym, it's it's pronounced bossy girls. She goes, oh, we have to change that. And I said, oh, no, we're not. We're oh, gonna, no, we yeah, gonna, own it. We own are going to be bossy. <laughs> but we have been on playgrounds with collegiate female student athletes as role model mentors, as pictures of diversity and pictures of championing themselves and the little girls and encouraging them to find their voice in in a population where they're they're not only culturally um, or geographically or economically or, um, you know, socially pushed down, Mm -hmm. you know, not encouraged to rise up and play or to own a space on the playground or to raise their hand in the classroom. And now they're finding this, these superpowers and they come sprinting out the door out to the playground and now it's high fives and it's hanging on their coaches and it's engaging with teammates who maybe they never would have had a moment with They're, They own a, a t-shirt that says bossy girls and they have their pedometer and their journal and That's they're, awesome. they're making powerful statements about yep. setting goals and we're changing the way they look at themselves. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's so empowering. I mean, I, I, I love that. And, and, and I'm, I'm doing, I'm trying to do the same thing from the education side, yeah. because I feel like, you know, uh, pushing we're, people to, yeah, we're we, like, we need to, we're sisters from we another need, mother. We We've talked about that. Up, yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> that would be a great talk space right on the playground. Yeah. No, I think that's so cool. And and even money management. I'm, I'm like, mm. inspi- I get you all these young girls. I'm like, and you have to open a brokerage account and start like taking control of everything. But okay, we could go on for hours, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, I got to cut it short because, uh, but I think, I think we should have another conversation because oh. we got to hear the, uh, Michael Jordan poker player ah, story on yes. the next one. So we, we, uh, <laughs> so I got to, again, Brandy, I knew. I loved you. I love you even more after this. We have so much more to talk about, but um, so I think I'm going to have to have you back and uh, we'll have, and maybe this time, you know, listeners can ask questions sure. and we can like do a little Q and a thing. Cause I'm sure right. I didn't cover everything. Obviously we only have about a half an hour, but um, again, Thank you again, Brandy Chastain, everyone. Woohoo! <laughs> um, you've been listening. This is Practically Healthy by Dr. Molina. And uh, if you want to learn more about Brandy's organization, it's Bossy, 
B-A-W-S-I.org. And my website is drmelina.com. And you can follow us on Instagram. Show us some love. This podcast is going to be available everywhere podcasts are available. And every week, I can't guarantee that it's going to be as cool as Brandy Chastain, but whatever. We're bringing on some really cool guests and we're going to have real conversations about how they stay practically healthy, mental, physical, all of it. So thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you soon.